Veshoi Shrant, Bozega Nadezenya, Isanch Lavego, Novega Roku. Rejoice and glory to the newborn king, for Christ is born, and blessings for you in the new year. This is John Manos, host of the Bellman Forum podcast. And, you know, I had trouble. Trouble trying to think of the right title. At one point, I want to say 2020 was the year of fraud. Another part of me wanted to say 2020 was the year of Judas. Mm. Then I thought, no, maybe 2020 was the year that the bust the fantasy land went off the cliff. I, I still really haven't come up. Who knows what the title will be by the time I put it out there, but what do you, what stands out most to you about 2020? Is it the Nicholas Sandman, the boy that was uh, pretty much suspended from his high school and accused for being a racist, uh, settled for, we don't know how much, but he had lawsuits for damages of hundreds of millions in it. Large media corporations settled those suits, basically admitting they were wrong and lied about them. We didn't really hear much about the diocese correcting things for Nicholas Salmon, but judgment came for that in 2020, and the fraud was revealed. Man, what else do you remember for 2020? Maybe it was the year that you couldn't go to Mass on Easter in a church, oddly enough. Maybe it was the year that the most fraudulent vote in history came to be born and stamped with approval from the Vatican, even over a cardinal's objection. Yeah, I'm not talking about the presidential election, but funny. We'll get into that in a little bit. About fraud, living in the fantasy of fraud, the deformation of reality. All of it is very similar to Eve. When Eve was tempted, you know, the modernists, they, uh, we could say, in a nutshell, there's one, uh, John Dewey basically tells us what the modernists are all about. And it's the same thing that Eve did in the garden. If religion is the worship of God who has revealed himself to us and the discovery of God's revelations to us, John Dewey changed religion to be your sincere feelings. In other words, we might say their mantra is follow your heart. And it was in the 60s. The IHM nuns and the embodiment of Carl Rogers' psychology on the Catholic Church that told them to follow their heart, that all of the impulses of the heart were valid. The Jesuits said, uh, we found the third way. Uh, in other words, legitimizing their uh, base instincts in uh, calls to perversion because it was all valid. Follow your heart. Those deformations have been born out and become real. Well, let's call that the modernist uh, bust to fantasy land. Just like Eve, when she gave the fruit to Adam, was following her heart. The serpent's temptation to her. Look at that fruit. Look how good it is. A reasonable person knows. God told me that's no good for me. But the modernist doesn't see it that way. 
They see something different. And the fraud, I think, you know, why would the bus have gone over the cliff? I think we're seeing now that you can't even, you know, when the apostles at the Last Supper's table thought that Judas was going to go feed the poor. And it became clear at some point, maybe in the garden, that no, he wasn't feeding the poor. And we'll talk about the Magi. Today is not the epiphany. I know. I know. I know what the calendar in the U.S. says. But probably the most fraudulent vote in all of uh, church history was thanks to our U.S. bishops. We'll get into that too. And it all came to roost in 2020. You know, this is just one man's opinion. Your host, John Manos. I'm just a guy. I'm an ordinary guy. Uh, But in my opinion, it looks to me like the, the fraud can't hold anymore. The fantasy doesn't even have enough tendrils back to reality. It's just unmoored, gone to sea. The same way that Judas was when he ran back to the uh, back to the Sanhedrin and said, I've made a mistake. What, what cause of that is ours, they said to him. It's the only time we really hear Judas preach. Maybe is when he confronted the apostles over the ointment-bearing woman and said this could have been sold and given to the poor. In other words, you people don't care about the poor as much as Judas does. You need in charity to do things. 2020 was full of that, wasn't it? That's why I say it might have been the year of Judas, because we're told to do things out of charity that we know are wrong, that God revealed us are wrong. We were told to receive Holy Communion in ways that are based on fraud, that are wrong. Oh, and I can back that up. You know, if I wanted to be, (laughs) if I just wanted to be playful, we might say that 2020 was baffling and reprehensible. It's probably the best quote of 2020 because it sticks to everything that happened in the church this year, doesn't it? Baffling and reprehensible. I don't know. What's 2020 going to stand out? What what stands out in your mind? I mean, there's, there's so many ways that, you know, it's amazing to me that even in the world, people are arguing and, and finding, like, arguments that aren't based in reality but that have some sort of appeal to them that 2 plus 2 might not equal 4. It's a thing. It really is a thing. And I think it's the bishops that brought this to us. You know, if 40 days after a Sunday is always a Thursday, but the bishops say, no, it's a Sunday. Ascension Thursday is now Ascension Sunday. The church has always, always given high honor to Epiphany, the Christmas of the Gentiles. Pope Leo I, in his sixth sermon on the Epiphany, that's the citation, back in the 5th century, so 400 some A.D., he said, that day, beloved children, on which Christ, the Savior of the world, first, for the first time appeared to the Gentiles, is to be venerated with a most holy honor by us also. 
for that day is not passed in such a way that the power of the work which was revealed should be passed as well. In other words, you know, it's always been on January 6th, 12 days after Christmas, except in fantasy land where we do it today because, you know, it's Sunday. Can't be bothered with the things of God during the week. So, in a, and it's interesting. Epiphany was the revelation of the Messiah to the Gentiles. Did Jesus change who he was in order to accommodate or <clears throat> accompany the Gentiles? No. The Gentiles were, this is the beauty of Epiphany, was that the Gentiles were able. To, Jesus became man and raised the Gentiles to be capable this is the whole fight of the whole thing. The, he didn't need dumbed down for the Gentiles. Jesus was the full Messiah, was the full God, and it, unlike the Old Testament, they were now worthy to receive the whole truth, the whole revelation, all of God. It didn't need to be dumbed down for them. It didn't need to be accommodated. They didn't need to be accompanied. Everybody could get the full truth, the full grace, everything. There's some other interesting things I like about the epiphany. You know, let's take a moment. Let's look at Herod. Okay, if you went to Mass in the United States today outside of Latin Mass, you you got the gospel where the, the magi come to Herod, and Herod tells them with the fraud. I like this part, the fraud where they says, you know, after you find this king, come back to me that I might go give him homage too. You're right. Right, right, right. Notice something about everybody at your nativity scene. If you have a nativity scene, it's still up. It's not epiphany yet, so I hope it's still up. And actually, you know, you should probably keep it up till the feast of the presentation. That's traditional. But, you know, we don't, we don't follow tradition anymore. We have to accommodate and Okay, I'm just being feisty there. You know that Christmas Eve was considered meatless, and a lot of the church fathers say it this way. You have to get into the Greeks for this, or desert fathers, or others, but I, I always like this little point. They say that on that day that our Lord was born, even the animals came to worship him. And so that Christmas Eve was a meatless day, considering that the animals even had been elevated to worshiping their creator that day. A beautiful thought coexists with all the other reasons to abstain from meat on Christmas Eve. But we see it when the Magi arrive, the Gentiles too then come to worship and adore our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice everybody that's there, even the animals, the angels had appeared to. They saw the star, the shepherds saw the star, the angels came and brought them good news. The shepherds responding to the good news went and adored our Lord and met Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And Mary, an angel came to her, St. Gabriel, told her what was going to happen. 
And Joseph, his guardian angel, came, told him what was going to happen and how this stuff that didn't make sense really was okay. Joseph took it to heart and was obedient and took care of things. Our Christmas meditations get into that. Did an angel come to Herod? I hope he said no. It's funny that, you know, the angels came to men of goodwill. The Magi didn't know that yet. But it's funny because the Magi come, worship our Lord. The epiphany to the Gentiles is complete. Then the angel comes to the Magi. So everybody, everybody at your nativity scene, the animals included, had been told the good news by the angels. In the case of the Magi, it appears that, you know, I guess I'm sure there's probably homilies or sermons or writings among church fathers, and I don't want to get into novelties here. I, I know I've read this somewhere. But the Magi, having been sanctified by our Lord's presence, were then worthy of angelic ministrations regarding the theology. And what do they tell him? Don't go back to Herod. He's up to no good. He lied to you. Now, the Christmas meditations we put up, they, they say that in charity, the Magi imputed goodwill to Herod's wish and that the angels wished to break the fraud up. That's, that's another good way to put it. That, but that gets at the point of why the angels, they were there, the angels were protecting our Lord. But not only that, they were preventing these men of goodwill from becoming part of a fraud. Now, it's sad to me that on the Feast of the Innocents, 2020, we see that uh, Argentina uh, brought in abortion laws. Uh, you probably saw the news. And was, you know, Father Hardin says, everybody engaged in mortal sin is an agent of the devil. And if you look at the people that were rejoicing in the abortion laws, God saved them, and we need to pray for those people because they need to be rescued from bondage to the devil. That's why our Lord came. But you could see people in bondage to the devil. And the sad part is, where were the bishops? The U.S. bishops were telling us that we owe it in charity. Get this, get this. There's so many steps to this, and there's errors way back before this thing. That in charity, we need to take vaccines that are, have components based on aborted cells. So in our, on the Feast of the Innocents, the day after they make abortion legal, you, you, and then you have, you're being told that you owe it in charity to take a vaccine that contains aborted cells. Uh, now you're starting to see why 2020 to me is, is tied to, to, to Judas. Judas error uh, in a name by accusing people of lacking charity. Now, based on science, we were always told that faith and reason are tied together, right? And I say the bus on its way to fantasy land went off the cliff. Just on reason, just on good science, we know that there are other cures and other prevention, preventative means of coronavirus than just the, vir the vaccine. In other words, there are many viable alternative treatments. 
safer treatments, things that don't require injecting things into your body. Isn't it funny that abortion rights, they say it's my body, I'll do with it what I want, but we're being told you don't have a right to your body. You have to take this out of charity. Worse, you have to accept aborted cells to do it. You know it's wrong. Just on reason, you know it's wrong. That The bus is over the cliff. You can't even like ride in the bus a little while to see what's going on. So Father Hardin tells us that the devil has so much power today because of the Judases in the church. Judas was a Marxist. Marxists always act like they're, they, you know, they're, they're going to take care of the commoner. They're going to take care of the common man. And that's why I say the only time we really hear Judas preach in the gospels is to chide the other apostles that they didn't have enough charity as he did. That ointment that was spilled on our Lord, it could have been given to the poor. You know, it's just like the CCHD money that goes into the Archdiocese of Chicago. They told us earlier this year, you are covert white supremacists. You don't have enough charity. You're racist. It's baffling and reprehensible to me. They took that down later, by the way. I think when I posted that early on, it gained enough attention that somebody realized this was a bad move. Get that down. But it's the way Judas works, isn't it? I mean, when he left the Last Supper, the other apostles thought that he was going to go feed the poor. And here we find out Judas was like, you know, Stealing from the till. All done in the name of charity. All done in the name of charity. Just like this year. Things being done out of care and concern for you and telling you what you, you know, you lack charity because you aren't doing these things. Just like, uh, you know, we, we need in charity to move Ascension Thursday. It's too inconvenient in the middle of the week. Who cares that it's 40 days after? We'll call it 43 days. Two plus two does not equal four. And we'll call it Ascension Sunday. Then we take care of people that way. It's good pastoral concern. Never mind, you have to give up Ascension Thursday. Just like all good Marxists. You know, the old catechism explained that we have up there, the Bellman Forum Catechism. You can go in there and look up socialism. And it talks about it's theft. Because the government deprives you of your capacity to do charity with your money, takes your money away and your property and says they're giving it to the poor when in fact they deprive everybody, even the poor of all their property too. You know, and Akita warned us. Warned us of the fight in the hierarchy that we'd have cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop and the priests who venerate Mary would be persecuted by who? By the hierarchy. Didn't we see that? Remember Father Rothrock earlier this year? He's the one that pointed out that, be, that what we was presented to us with the tag Black Lives Matter. Now, you know, don't that's the name they chose for this group. But the mission within the group was against the nuclear family and had all the other tenets of Marxist. And I pointed it out. I'm glad I grabbed the skin capture of that website as it existed when Father Rothrock condemned them and warned his sheep like a good pastor. These people, there's an error here. They're vile. Watch out for them. This is bad news. What does Bishop do? Out of pastoral concerns. Pastoral concerns for the safety. Remove Father Rothrock. 
You know that bishop that did that had to recant his support for Black Lives Matter because later on he found out, oh, no, they really are Marxists. But did he restore Father Rothrock? Not that I'm aware of. Even to this day, I don't think he has. That's what Our Lady of Akita warned us about, the priests who venerate her. Here's a priest that had real pastoral concern, that out of, you know, did his duty to charity, helped his flock understand, and did it with, you know, Shakespearean quotes, likened them to metaphors from uh, uh, our rich heritage. And he's kicked out, forbidden from being a pastor, even on, based on error, based on fraud. The poor priest, well, let's pray for Father Rothrock. You know, our, our Lady of Akita, pray for him. Our Lady of Akita, pray for that bishop that made a mistake too. I, I, I guess that must be, I don't know if it's an ego thing or what, but Father Rothrock should have been put right back immediately. The same day that they recanted of, oh, I didn't mean to support that Marxist group. It should have been, you know, I may not like the way Father Rothrock said it, but he clearly was trying to take care of his sheep. That's how that should have worked, but it didn't. But it didn't. And so it is. Why? Why? 2020, why would I call it the year of fraud? One of the worst fraudulent votes ever. You might not know this. You might not know this. And, and actually, be, before I go all the way into that fraudulent vote, you know, it's one hand and the other. The right hand of this is Bernard, and the left hand was Pilarchik. And what did Father Pilarchik do? I put that up. Do you remember when Father Pilarchik removed that priest for pastoral concerns because he was teaching the truth? made people believe that that priest was doing things wrong. That was Polarchik. The other hand was Bernadine. Bernadine was the president of the NCCB in the mid-70s. And on two occasions, he brought the matter of a vote before the Conference of the Bishops, then called the NCCB, put on the agenda that they would vote on whether to have communion at hand. And in 76 and in 77, the bishops roundly defeated it and said, no. The moment our bishops went off the hook, the moment the bus to fantasy land departed from the station was in 1978. People could argue with me a number of other ways. There were a number of other events, the silence on Humanae Vitae. There were a number of other things, but I think it was 1978 was the year that we could pin it and say, was there a real event that happened that we can put our fingers on and say this? This was the moment when the ship was sank. It was 1978, and how did it happen? Bernadine would no longer be president. This was the last meeting of the NCCB when him presiding. And so how did he do it? How did the serpent tempt Eve? With deception. The agenda for the meeting had an open item. Typically, if a matter was to be brought to a vote, it was placed in a different part of the agenda. But here it was just presented as, and the bishops thought, okay, let's talk about what communion in the hand means. They were not expecting a vote to approve it again. But that's what was on the agenda. And when it was learned that a vote was there, Cardinal Kroll objected. There was another bishop that objected. But I like Cardinal Kroll's 
re, how he described the situation after the fact. The vote was pushed, and all of a sudden, a ton of bishops who were welcome guests but were not actually legitimate voters, electors. They did not have an active seat. They were retired. They weren't uh, active in the conference. They were, I mean, Bernard, who knows? Who knows how he, what sort of inducements he gave them to do this? But they voted. The matter was pushed before the floor. These ineligible bishops voted, and they voted to approve communion in the hand. In other words, they stuffed the ballot. It was fraud. How, and, you know, like all frauds, there's procedural problems. So the agenda was a problem. The people who voted in it were ineligible. And Cardinal Kroll pointed out afterwards, not only were all these other things wrong with that vote, but, but get this. I love this because it's, it fits, it's reasonable. You can use your reason and know right away that he's right. Cardinal Kroll said that Pius, I mean, that Paul VI said that the indult for communion in the hand was premised on the notion that only in those places where it was already a prevalent practice. Cardinal Kroll believed that it was not a prevalent practice in the United States and that the bishops should have had a vote, a query should have been put to the bishops as to whether in their diocese it was a prevalent practice at that point. In other words, the premise for communion in the hand had not been determined by the conference. But you know, Judas doesn't care about facts. Judas cares about results and charity. And that's what they did. They ran with the vote and ran to the Pope. Cardinal Kroll's objections, Cardinal Kroll Kroll pointing out that the vote was fraudulent from the beginning, was ignored, and off we went on the bus to fantasy land. That's 1978. And you can see a marked decline. Market decline. There was two points. The first was the IHF nuns and the movement of the embodiment of the third way among the Jesuits and the uh, legitimization of follow your heart, that every sincere impulse of your heart is valid. That's what the serpent convinced Eve of. And the second was sort of this corporate acceptance of fraud in the vote for communion in the hand. And isn't it strange? (laughs) The two pillars of faith from Our Lady tells us in Fatima, the angels tell us at Fatima and in Akita are the real presence in the blessed sacrament, the sign left by her son, and the rosary. The rosary teaches you to look for, and the blessed sacrament as well, They teach you to see reality in the revelation of God. They teach you just like the nativity does. It took angels to explain to men what was happening at the nativity. And you could see it with reason too. Otherwise, the Magi would not have followed the star, but they understood the star was the birth of a great king. Herod wanted to kill the great king, wanted to get rid of reality so that they could continue to live in the fantasy. The angels didn't come to Herod. He didn't have goodwill. The angels came to everybody else of goodwill, the Magi, after they visited and showed their worth to our Lord. 
that they believed, that the reason they could arrive at the truth that our Lord had come. Just like it is today. There's this influence in all of it. But the signs that we have, we're like the shepherds. We have to come to the Blessed Sacrament, as Our Lady told us, and see our Lord there, just like they saw an infant. We see the host. And if we believe that that host is the same flesh as what they saw as an infant, our Lord promises us all all the powers of heaven are at our disposal, all the graces we need, all the supernatural power we need. Father Harden used to say that, that we should expect bigger miracles today because we have to believe twice as much as the people in Bethlehem. We have to believe the same thing the people in Bethlehem saw. We have to believe the same thing the Magi saw. But we have to believe now in a second part that that same thing, that same Lord appears to us in the flesh and what appears to be bread. And what do we see is the just as Judas didn't obviously believe that or he couldn't have sold our Lord out, we see that this continuation of fraud regarding the proper reverence due to the Blessed Sacrament. The ordinary method of receiving the Blessed Sacrament is on the tongue on your knees. But through this fraud that's happened, not just the fraudulent vote, but it's amazing to me. Bad science. The CDC, the scientists, we didn't even know. If you go back through the recent years, what do they tell you when the flu comes around? Wash your hands. Don't touch things and then touch your face. Don't touch things and then touch your mouth. Don't touch your food. And what, what is the world telling us? You know, they have contactless delivery. Contactless pickup. Contact. You don't want to spread the germs. Well, communion on the tongue is the original contactless delivery, right? Nothing touches the host and it goes straight to your mouth. How did they turn that around and tell us that was dangerous? How did they turn it around and tell us that, you know, out of charity you should receive in the hand? If you are receiving on the tongue, you pose a danger to others. It's a deformation of reality on the fraud. One bishop went, well, I actually were several bishops, but I'm thinking of one in particular, went so far as to say, nobody gets communion on the tongue because it's dangerous. Makes no sense. Faith and reason are divorced. The bus went over the cliff. You know, we can tolerate, Bellarmine, St. Robert Bellarmine tells us, to tolerate fuzziness and logic because we can't expect it to all be perfect in this world. And it's the same reason, you know, that's kind of follows Augustine that the state should tolerate some level of vice because you can't legislate heaven on earth. But it doesn't mean that we tolerate the practice. We tolerate some level of it at a state level, but we don't preach it. You never accept error in the teaching. So the difference here was we've totally inverted it. We've made the fraud of communion in the hand. As Cardinal Kroll pointed out, it's a fraud and it was an indult. So the indult was granted based on fraud. And now what we've done is outlaw the norm and made the fraud real. Think about that. 
Our Lady of Akita came to warn us about these things. And our bishops went along with it. And then you know what the worst part is? The Vatican. The Vatican turns around. So Cardinal Seurat points out, hey, 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 this was an indult. The norm is receiving on the tongue. And you can't do this. And the Vatican overruled him even and backed that bishop and said, yes, yes, that could be done. The bus, it either crashed or it fell off the cliff or, but you know what? Just like the angels coming to the Magi telling us, hey, 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 watch out for Herod. This is wrong. There's something wrong here. We got our sign, right? Fraud deforms perception of reality. Look at the nativity. It's funny. God gives us all these signs through nativity this year. Look at the nativity that the Vatican put out this year. It's ugly. It's a deformation of reality. No, nobody's going to tell me, oh, it's modern art, it's contemporary. No, it's not. And, you know, they had the teacher out there backing it up saying, oh, this is terrible. You're, you know, these were children that did it with their loving hands. That's what Judas told us about the ointment too. Oh, we could have fed the poor with this. You should be ashamed of yourself for thinking such things. You should be ashamed of yourself for wanting to worship God. I want to worship God. And just like the Judas's tricks of old, the Marxists, the original Marxists, steal from me the real epiphany. Steal from you, Ascension Thursday. Steal from you the right to receive communion on the tongue with you kneeling. So this nativity has stolen from the Gentiles the beauty of our Savior being born. Terrible. Terrible, terrible stuff. And on here it was on, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, this deformation of reality, the fraud, it, it, it becomes worse, not only with the connections to abortion and the Feast of the Innocents, but here, you know, we can't even do it for pastoral reasons. We can't even have the Christmas to the Gentiles, the revelation of the Savior him, Jesus was born to break and free people from bondage to the devil. You know it, you're a practicing Catholic. I, I know it as a practicing Catholic that our Lord can free you from the deformation of fraud and error that the devil, the father of lies, gives to people. But we see it wound up all the way through our hierarchy. How so? When they would even tell us that we should vote for a man who calls himself Catholic but supports abortion. I just can't get over how, if if you're seeing with your eyes, you see how these things are being contorted right in front of us. No, no. You know, Archbishop Chaput pointed out that it's pastoral to deny communion to a public sinner. Why? Because the church shouldn't be part of the fraud, but no. And all these other things, they've gone along with the fraud. They've gone along. Oh, yeah, Judas, he's just feeding the poor. Is he? Is he? I can't call somebody, and it doesn't matter how they twist their words. Eve was wrong to eat that fruit. Why? Because God said so. We know abortion's wrong. It's murder. No, I don't care if they say, oh, well, we have to go along with it. It's wrong. We have a standard. What God has revealed to us. We have a standard. 
It's not follow our heart. It's not the mishy-mashy. I don't have to judge by sincere intentions. Two plus two is four, not five, not three, not ten. It's not whatever I feel like it is that day. It's We can look at it and know. The modernists can't do that. And what will they do? They'll lash out at you if you get in the way of their sincere impressions. You know, it's, it's, it's that deformation. It's gotten to the point just, and we see it play out in the world. The bishops, I had a priest friend say, the bishops don't recognize their own authority, but you see it. I'm going to give it to you for real. The bishops started the inclusive language mess. No longer should we call them brethren. We should say brothers and sisters. No longer should we refer to God as he, but as God. We should get rid of gender in the language And what do you have? You have Speaker Pelosi saying, we're going to get rid of all the gender terms. Now, it took a while for the chickens to come home to roost, didn't it? I mean, the bishops have been pushing that error from, you know, 30, 40 years now. But it finally came home to roost. You see, they gave up. They gave up those things, and now the world's picking it up. The bishops gave up feasts the church, an obligation to worship God through the week. And what happened? In 2020, the world took it away, didn't it? Not only can you not go to a feast day during the week, not only was that stolen from you, but they stole Easter from you. Well, you know, you could see it on TV. But you weren't allowed to go to a church. Why? Could it be because our bishops think you don't have to go to church on any day other than Sunday? They already gave it up, and the world took it. They said, okay, thanks. Got any more? What can we give you? Can we give you 30 pieces of silver for something else? Think about it. 2020 was the year it all came home to roost. I mean, let's look at the other thing, too. This so-called McCarrick report, 500 pages. It's supposed to be, you know, it's a plethora of information, but it emits everything we know. And omits all the obvious stuff. You know, they try to pin it back on John Paul II. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, 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 right. McCarrick was his own Judas. He took the money from China. What we don't know, because they left it out of their 500 pages, was who were the other bishops that were taking their money and laundering it? Was it going through the CCHD? (laughs) What do you think? Oh, wait, wait, wait. They're the ones telling us we're covert white, uh, white supremacists because we're backing somebody other than the abortion supporter, right? Starts to make sense. Starts to make sense. And why I call it maybe the year of Judas. The sad part, the sad part, is that the bishops don't realize all these abdications of the, of, of the, of the true worship, all these things, have come home to roost, and it was by their own doing. That's the, that, Lord have mercy on us. I just, I can't see how in 2020, now when we can see this so clearly, is what's 2021 going to be? What do you remember 2024? Was it that you had to watch Easter Mass on TV? Maybe you could go to Mass, thanks be to God. Some places I know people could do it. In some places, people found a way to do it. In some places, priests found a way to do it. 2020, probably in my mind, not so much for revealing the Judas, not so much for fantasy land, 
the baffling and reprehensibility of things going over the cliff. I think 2020 was the year I realized that when we get sent to re-education camps, when the Marxists take over, there were bishops saying they ordered their priests that if somebody took their mask off. Now, even the CDC has said that masks are useless. So faith and reason, right? But even in lieu of that, even when we know these things don't do anything, there's bishops saying, I've instructed my priests to stop mass if any uh, lay person removes their mask. Mm. Think about that. It made me realize this past year, reading bishops saying things like that, that it won't be, it won't be troops of the Marxists that send you on the train to re-education camps or gulags or whatever they'll call them in this new, friendly, charitable world of Marxism. It's not going to be, you know, some remote politician that sends you away. It's going to be your own bishop. It's going to be your priest. That blew my mind when I was reading that. Stop mass if somebody removes their mask, really. And that mask does absolutely nothing. Yes, the bus has gone over the cliff. We've lost any connection to reason and rationale. And it's 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 the year of Judas because it's obvious. It's obvious. May God have mercy on us. Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. Let's say Hail Mary together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Mother of God, Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. I think 2021 is going to bring judgment. Things cannot get this clear. The wheat is now discernible from the shaft. I pray, God, it's not by fire. Lord, have mercy on us and, and, and make it it's so clear, though, what's afoot that if you can't see judgments here, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I know this can't stand the way it is. Lord, have mercy on us. You have been listening to another episode of the Bellarmine Forum podcast. I am your host, John B. Manos, president of the Bellarmine Forum. The Bellarmine Forum was founded in 1965 as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, and it is a tax-exempt nonprofit public charity to which donations are tax-deductible is to the fullest extent permitted by law. This program was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily, which I think, given what we talked about today, You know, I should leave on an open note, though. Our Blessed Mother always gives hope. I think despite everything we see, I think Our Lady's got something up her sleeve for this stuff. Pray your rosary. Pray with me. I pray mine. I try to pray mine daily. And I'm grateful that we have a, a, a donor that wants us to encourage you to do the same. Why? Because I think, I think Our Lady can work this out in a way that doesn't result in, in, in terribleness that, that the situation deserves. Let's put it that way. Our lady cares for us. She's our mother. God gave her to us. And I know she can straighten things out in a beautiful way. If you'd like to support the Bellman Forum, you can 
find the information on our on our website, bellarmineforum.org. This show is distributed for the greater glory of God and the greater honor of his blessed mother. Amen. Copyright 2021.